Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode is officially Super Bowl week as the Kansas City Chiefs return hoping for back-to-back titles against the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 58. We take a look back at some of the best press conference sound featuring Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and head coach Andy Reid. Also, Chiefs Wire managing editor John Dillon shares his goals for the Chiefs heading into this Sunday's game. We get a visit from Niners Wire managing editor Kyle Madsen as he shares his prediction from the 49ers' point of view ahead of the big game. But first, I share my thoughts on the state of the Chiefs heading into another Super Bowl and higher expectations as the villains. Another Super Bowl appearance for this year's Chiefs, and it's funny because when you look at the way this team started You had the loss against the Detroit Lions that a lot of people were surprised about. But as you saw as the season went on, the Lions were a way better team than people gave them credit for. The up and down play, there was a winning streak earlier. Then you had a moment where they kind of stalled. I always point to that game in Denver where Patrick Mahomes was sick. They looked very sluggish on offense. Uh, The defense had trouble with Russell Wilson. They lose that game in Denver. They head into a bye. They come out of it. They lose another game. I believe it gets Philly. Those games really stood out because you play a game against Philly. It's a Monday night football. Of course, Marquez Valdez-Scantling drops the go-ahead touchdown pass late in the game. Changes the dynamic of that whole situation. Everyone's looking at him. They're looking at the wide receivers again. You talk about the game against Buffalo where the infamous offsides, offensive offsides from Kadarius Toney cost them the game there. It's all these little moments that we always were kind of beating the Chiefs down for. And when I say we, I'm talking about people that watch the game, critique the game, uh, have so many different opinions on what goes on. You follow this team. Those games could have easily been wins. And yes, you could say that about so many different teams in the league and their matchups. But those games in particular, as devastating a loss as they are, you still have to look forward to to just what this team could possibly be. And I think a lot of us got, got caught up in the, okay, they lost this game. They lost to a team that they should have beaten. Maybe they're not good enough. Maybe they were always good enough and we just had our doubts. Maybe we just had that, that, you know, they're calling it Chiefs fatigue. This team has been in the Super Bowl four out of the last five years. Four times out of the last five years is something that you don't hear often. And I kind of go back to the whole Brady-Belichick era. They were dominant, but four times out of the last five years, in the manner that that they've done it, they've changed the offense in a sense that it's not as explosive. You're not seeing the big plays on a regular basis. The defense this year became the main focal point. 
it was such a different team. I don't know if I've ever seen a team evolve that the way that they have. Because if you match up the way this team is set up to go against the 49ers here in the Super Bowl this Sunday with the team that won four years ago, two completely different teams, two different philosophies. Patrick Mahomes is on the record already for saying that he's embraced the game manager role late in games because that's basically what he did in the victory over Baltimore in the AFC Championship game. He was a game manager. They scored early. And the second half, it was just about controlling the offense, keeping the ball safe, and the defense dominated. They were the reason why they won the game against Baltimore. And to add to this, recent reports of Eric Bieniemy, the uh, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs for so many years, after he was let go by the Washington Commanders just earlier this week, we find out during the Wednesday press conferences from Andy Reid that Eric Bieniemy was not only at the Baltimore Ravens game, but he was giving like a pep, a pep talk to the offense. He was talking to guys like Mahomes, to Kelsey. It's just so interesting. And he, mind you, he was still in the contract with Washington at the time. I just found that to be something that you have to keep in mind of the culture in Kansas City and with this franchise. That a guy that is still the offensive coordinator for a whole for another franchise wanted to offer his support, his his words of wisdom to his former team, a team that he is no longer employed with. It, it just shows the connection is deeper than what you see in terms of like, oh, this person is an assistant coach or that person is a backup quarterback or anything. There is a connection that a, a culture that Andy Reid has cultivated. Starting from his time in Philly, I will not disrespect the Philadelphia years, but what he has in Kansas City where they all want to come back. Matt Nagy came back. He's an example of that. This season, they traded for McCole Hardman just to have him back in the system. There is something about that, and I feel like that is the main reason why this team, once again, is in the Super Bowl. Yes, we hear that they're underdogs. Yes, we hear that they're the villains because everyone wanted to see Baltimore and Detroit. You know, if you go based off of X or anything on the Internet, a lot of people were intrigued to see what Detroit and Baltimore would look like. The Chiefs did their job. There's no reason to be a villain. There's no reason to make Taylor Swift a villain for some reason. It's uh, it's all stuff that I know what this team has done throughout the year, and when I say the year, I'm talking all the way back to rookie minicamp, through training camp. They've preached the same thing over and over and over. They said our first goal is we got to win the division. Then after we win the division, we have to win the AFC. And then we can start talking about Super Bowl. Well, now, as I'm speaking, we are talking about the Super Bowl. We are in February. We're still talking about the Chiefs, and now we're talking about them possibly adding another title. It's one of those things where you have to admire what Andy Reid has done for this franchise, and it's going to be some growth. It's, it's just it's going to be continued growth because these guys all care about each other. They talk about it often. Steve Spagnolo with the Spags We Trust shirts. 
There's a lot of love there. And this is a franchise, a team that will continue to defy the odds if they can stay with this this continuity that they have. So I'm very compelled to see how this game turns out on Sunday. Like everyone is compelled to see. And I'm going to actually play back some of the sound from Vegas, starting with Patrick Mahomes as he shared his thoughts on everything leading up to the game, as well as Eric Bieniemy's pep talk prior to the AFC title game. Chance to win another. Yeah, I mean, very grateful, very blessed. I mean, I understand how lucky I am to be in this on this team. Um, to come into a team that was already a winning organization with a winning culture, um, with a lot of great players, uh, Hall of Fame players, and being able to just kind of jump right in um, and, and get in a year where I can learn um, and learn under Alex Smith, uh, I was blessed. And so I want to maximize these opportunities. I know that they don't, they don't always come. You're not going to be in every single Super Bowl. Um, and so when I, whenever, whenever I'm here, I enjoy it. I enjoy the week. Um, and then I just try to go out there and play my best football and, and, like I said a little bit earlier, make a memory that will last forever with uh, a lot of guys that work extremely hard. Right here. Uh, Patrick, Michael Furrow with Burke Sports Network. Growing up, you were a multi-sport athlete. How, how has playing in those different atmospheres helped you for the biggest atmosphere of all playing in the Super Bowl? Um, I think it's just playing all the sports. Learn, it, it taught me how to compete. Um, it taught me how to learn how to make things happen, to make adjustments on the fly. Um, and then it's all kind of evolved into the, the way I play the quarterback position, uh, being able to fill out space and, and make the pass like a point guard or throw across my body like a shortstop. I mean, it just – uh, learning how to compete and to adjust on the fly and make things happen um, is definitely something that's helped me become the player that I am. Patrick, what are the things that you as a quarterback have to do well to be effective using the screen pass, and what does it do for your offense? Um, I mean, it helps that you have one of the, the best coaches of all time at knowing when to call them so with Coach Reed. Um, so um, I think just being able to, to be able to utilize your eyes, utilize your drop, try to make everything look the same, um, so that whenever the screens do happen, you can get that D-line to attract, get that D-line to rush, um, and then get an the accurate football where the guys can get downhill. Um, Coach Reese did a great job, Coach Heck, uh, Coach Nagy, the, of teaching them, and the guys, that we, we've executed them well. Um, but just that, more than anything, it's knowing the right time, and I, mean, I feel like Coach Reed has a great feel for that. Hi, hi Pat. Sean Graney, Madill Reports. So Kansas City traded for Miko Hardman midseason to kind of bolster the wide receiver room. Um, what has that meant for you guys as an offense to get Miko back in there? Uh, what has his impact been, and uh, what does it mean to have continuity in uh, big games like the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think, I mean, first off, you get that speed, that speed that he has, and being able to stretch the defense horizontally and vertically um, whenever he's on the field, um, just adding another guy like that. And then I, I think even more than that, another guy that everybody loves in the locker room, um, being with us the, the year before and the years previous, um, everybody had loved McColl and the way he brings the energy every single day. And um, I think um, a lot of times that, that can be bigger than anything is just having guys in the locker room that, that want to play hard, that want to come together um, and uh, go for this common goal. And uh, it's always great to get those guys in there. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Federico Olvera from Damebola. Uh, Pat, if you guys win the next Sunday, uh, Coach uh, Reed would equal uh, Coach Bill Walsh by winning their third ring of Super Bowl, and you would equal to uh, Troy Eggman. Uh, what are your thoughts about this by reaching uh, Troy Eggman about this? Yeah, no, it, it'd be um, extremely humbling. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm extremely grateful just for the situation that I'm in and being able to play in these Super Bowl games. And 
Um, more than anything, I mean, think, getting that back-to-back uh, Super, uh, Super Bowl champs, uh, it just hasn't been done a lot in history, and it, it speaks to the whole team of not being satisfied with winning one, um, being able to come back that next year and continue to work. A lot of times after winning the Super Bowl, you want to relax and, th- and feel like you're done. Um, but being able to have that mentality to b- battle through the adversity that we battled through this season um, and get that, that Super Bowl ring again, uh, it would be extremely special. Patrick Haliaco, if you can take us back to one the lowest moment in your life and to see where you are today, what would you have told yourself back then? Um, I, I don't know exactly when the lowest moment would be, but I think um, what I've always I've always had is just to continue to follow your dreams. I think that's something that was instilled in me at a young age, and I got to see a lot of pro athletes and and how hard they worked, and so I knew I had to work hard. Um, and so even when um, baseball wasn't working out in college or um, football I wasn't starting that first year um, in college, whatever that was, I just knew if I continued to work hard that stuff would, would pay off. Um, and that's the mentality I've had and everything I've done in my entire life. And I still work hard to this day, I know, in order to, to continue to be great and follow my dreams, I have to do that. Hey, Patrick, Steve White, NFL Network uh, over here. Uh, Coach Reed just told us that Eric Bieniemy paid you guys a visit uh, last week and spoke to you guys. When did that take place, and, and what was that like to have him back in the building and kind of kind of feel him a little bit? Yeah, no, it's always great to have EB um, in the building. Just just being there and um, the energy that he brings, and the mentality that he brings, you can just you can feel just because he's he's he has that intensity, but he loves it. He loves being there. He loves being a part of the team and and being a part of the um, of that culture. And so just having him back in the building was was really cool and listening to him talk and. Um, his energy, I mean, it just kind of got everybody, you could ask guys, and I think guys had a little bit of, like, chill bumps at the end, like, hey, we got EB's back here, and um, obviously he didn't get that head coaching opportunity, but I'm excited for him to, to continue to coach football and to continue to make his impact on the game. I don't think I'm superstitious. I think uh, I like to live my life a certain way in hopes that I get, you know, good things to happen to me, but um, I'm not wearing the same underwear every single game or nothing like that. No, no, she has. She's focused on uh, entertaining the uh, the crowd out in. I think it's is it Singapore right now, or I think that's in a few weeks. But I know she's out in Japan, Tokyo, maybe. Um, so she's just uh, working on entertaining them, making sure she's she's ready for uh, her performances and everything. But uh, the Super Bowl will uh, worry about if she can make it. These bets are crazy. Patrick Mahomes' face? I gotta lose a bet to to get something like that, man. No, I'm not a big I'm not a big tattoo guy. Man, I so I gotta ask this the other day. I'll say Justin Timberlake again, just because he's uh, he's coming out with a new album. I'm pumped for it. Huh? Um, he told he told me in a pack congratulations for uh, getting to the Super Bowl. So we gotta bring it home for him. I'm hoping I get this ring on Sunday. I know that. Man, EB was a was a special coach here for uh, for a long, long time, man. And I um, he's like uh he's like my uncle or a, a father figure in the football world for me. And um, everybody knows how fired up he can get, and I I definitely share that same passion to to come into work every single day and to play this game and um. One of my favorite coaches of all time. So 
I think uh, the biggest thing that that we could take away from who he was as a as a player, as a as a coach, is just his passion and his desire to to be ready for every single uh, scenario out there on the field. His his football awareness and his understanding of the game um, was second to none when it comes to football. And uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping for the best for him uh, coming up in, in his uh, near coaching career. But um, I think uh, who he is as a person is always going to go with me in life. Man, uh, it fuels us with confidence, but um, we got to start uh, putting up more and more touchdowns as an offense, and uh, knowing that that's uh, that's going to be big playing against the San Fran team is uh, putting up touchdowns instead of uh, field goals, and making sure we um, we make make their offense feel the pressure to keep scoring. Yeah, the Eagles, baby. They um. I'll tell you what, man, the Mexico City crowd playing down there at the Azteca was absolutely unbelievable, man. That that experience I'll remember for the rest of my life, and um, hopefully we get another chance to play down there in the future. Um, the the crowd down there was so electric and just so um, open and warm to, to the game of football and uh, or Amer- fo- American football, and um, it was an experience that I, I absolutely enjoyed. I'm pumped that it's coming to Kansas City, man. I'll be uh, it'll be right there in my backyard, and I'll be able to have some fun going to all the games. <laughs> That's a question for Taylor. about my teammates thinking that I'm a good tight end. It might be a little biased. Um, we have a lot of fun in the building, so hopefully I won over every teammate that I've ever had. But um, I think this team is special because of how close we are and how much we support each other. I'm trying to be the best tight end on Sunday. I know that. I never thought it would have landed. I didn't even think it would have landed. I already got a response from her. We're here and we're all happy. I know that. I mean, just different people, different, uh, different players, uh, different coaching staff um, on both sides, really. So it's uh, not only are they seeing something different, but we're seeing something different. One of our corners is over there playing, and it looks to see that uh, seem that he he's liking it over there a little bit more. So hopefully, we can get this win and make him make him miss Kansas City just a little bit. Um, being being worldwide uh, is way different than just being famous in Kansas City. No, nah, I got it all. I got it all figured out. I think. I just love it. I love it. I love uh, seeing my teammates get to show their personalities, get to tell their stories. It's um. You know, coming up here is a once-in-a-lifetime experience that I've been able to, to, you know, go through a few times. And um, I guess I'm just comfortable in the, in the atmosphere and in the, in the chaos uh, that goes around us. And um, you just got to embrace it. You know, the, the more you fight it, the more pissed off you might get or more negative you might start thinking. I'm a guy that likes to think about things in a positive way. And you know what? Um, for a week, why not go through all this craziness uh, and showcase my, my story, my family, and uh, everybody that uh, has gotten me to this point?
What's up, y'all? This is Kyle Madsen from the Niners Wire. So I'm probably supposed to pick the 49ers here. Like that's that's probably either what you're expecting or maybe what I should be doing. Maybe my fan card will get taken or or whatever. But um, let's let's just draw the path to a 49ers victory first. I think it starts on the ground. As good as the Chiefs' defense is and 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 was, and as good as Steve Spagnolo is, uh, I I I think the Chiefs can definitely be run on. They gave up four and a half yards per carry this year. They ranked twenty seventh in in rush defense DVOA, and I think that's something that the 49ers are going to try to exploit not only with Christian McCaffrey but with Debo Samuel. You might even see a little mix of Elijah Mitchell in there. We haven't seen a ton of two running back stuff from the 49ers yet this year, and I think that's something that we might see in the Super Bowl. Like they might be waiting to to kind of unveil that little wrinkle in their offense. So I think that's what they're gonna they're gonna really try to lean on is is the run game and doing some exotic stuff with that to try and get the Chiefs at least back on their heels where Steve Spagnolo can't just kill Brock Purdy. Because I do think with what Spags can do uh with his with blitzing and all the dime stuff the Chiefs like to run, I think they could really, really confuse Purdy in a way that not a lot of defensives not a lot of defenses, excuse me, have been able to. Um, but if the 49ers get that ground game going, they get Purdy in a rhythm early with some just short completions, you know, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I I think that they'll they'll be able to get their play action game moving, get the Chiefs going the wrong direction, opening up some easy throws for Purdy and trying to mitigate some of what makes the Chiefs Chiefs the Chiefs defense, geez, if I can talk, makes the Chiefs defense so good. So um, that's the path to victory on on the offensive side is just kind of getting behind their run game and and leaning on that even in in second and long third and medium like go go to the ground uh, I, I think that's something that that we'll see the 49ers do and then defensively dude they have to tackle they stink at tackling they missed 150 this year as as a team and then you saw it in the first half of that Lions game in the NFC title game they just got pushed around uh, Chase Young was was not good at, at defensive end. Uh, Javon Hargrave is as effective he is as a pass rusher is not is not a good run stuffer. Uh, they got they got moved around. You had Fred Warner going the wrong way. You had Drake Greenlaw going the wrong way. You had Oren Burks, the Niners' third linebacker, going the wrong way. And then you get guys in the secondary taking bad angles, and you wind up with the Lions averaging six yards before contact in the first half. Before contact, that's crazy. So uh, if the Niners can tackle, just get guys on the ground, the Chiefs live in that short passing game. And I, I, I think that Rushy Rice is so good after the catch. We, I mean, everybody knows about Travis Kelsey, but even even Clyde Edwards-Alaire and, and Isaiah Pacheco, those guys could both have huge games uh, with with screens and even in, even in the run game. When they get into the second level, it's just not a sure thing that the Niners are going to be able to get them on the ground. So if the Niners tackle, though, and can limit yards after the catch and can put the Chiefs in positions where... Mahomes is having to rely on Marquez Valdez Scantling and having to rely on I don't know if Kadarius Tony's gonna play. I would I would guess not, but but I don't know. Um and and you know, relying on on those guys and, and like Justin Watson, then if they if, if they can make him do that, then I think they can they can probably get some stops against against uh, the best player in the in the league. So uh, that's the path to a four. Oh, and then also they can't have it come down to a kick because Jake Moody, their rookie kicker, stinks. So <laughs> that's that's kind of where that lands. Um, that said, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. They have, and it really comes down to this. Uh, I, I noted some of the Niners' flaws there, but it, it comes down to this for me. They have the better quarterback. They have the better coach. They have the better defensive coordinator. I think overall, uh, maybe maybe not talent-wise, but production-wise, they have the better defense. 
and all of those things that it just objectively, I know the Niners are favored in Vegas, but it's just, it's really tough given how they've played this postseason to, to draw a, a realistic map to, to a 49ers win down at Allegiant Stadium. It's not off the table. Like if they go in and win, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be stunned or floored or anything, but just kind of looking at the, the really key factors in winning a championship. I, I think that that's where uh, Mahomes' experience, Andy Reid, and Steve Spagnuolo's uh, combined brain power to 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 offset what the 49ers do well on each side of the ball. I, I really, really like the Chiefs uh, in this game, frankly. Uh, so, that, like I said, maybe that makes me a, a bad Niners Wire editor, but just given what I've seen with this team and what I've seen watching the Chiefs, that's that's where I landed. So, giving the Chiefs 30-23, to 23 and I'm out. Yeah, no. He listen. He's a great kid, and uh, and so that's that's a reason I, I did those, um, and it's for a good cause. State Farm does a good job, so you know all that is great. And um, Jake from State Farm is a good kid too. So I'm the old man of the bunch, but they're, they're fun to hang with. You know. Listen, I'm not very good at it. They just kind of picked me up. That's all. Yeah. Um, I like ranch. Um, Doritos. Kenny Chesney, I put him at quarterback. All right, yep. Yeah, listen, we loved our experience there. Um, the people were so warm and, and kind and uh, and then we played the Dolphins, which was a good football team. So it was it ended up being a great game. But, yeah, I mean, if we have to do an international, it's a long way to go for an hour of football. But if we, if, you know, we enjoyed it. We did enjoy going there. Yeah, yeah. So Tom actually played for me at San Francisco State. And then he coached with me there for uh, a year um, after he got done playing. And then I just I took him with me to Northern Arizona. And um, Brad Childress was the offensive coordinator. Larry Cantera uh, was the head coach, and he's like 90, a lot of years old, and uh, yeah, and still going strong. So, um, but great experience, yes. Yeah. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, great. Great school. My brother graduated from there. Coach Reed, I have a question. Craig Gass on the stand up immediately. Is it possible to get bored of Disneyland? No. No? And is State Farm going to bundle your Super Bowl rings? That's pretty good. Um, We'll see. And I have a friend here who wanted to say hi to you. Do you know who this is? Come on. No, we met with John Dorn. Ah, yeah, carrot top, man. I haven't seen you changed your hair color, huh? You're still buff though, man. Still lifting like crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely for you, man. Anything. Yeah, man. Come on. Absolutely. Good seeing you. Yeah. 
Yeah, not not much. He's he's done a great job though. I don't want to but it hasn't changed much, no. But he has done a phenomenal job there. Yeah, the pride of Rutgers. Huh? I've had two running backs from Rutgers. One last year, a fullback, and then this year a halfback or last couple of years a halfback. So um, but he and both of them are dirty tough. I mean tough, tough guys. And that's why Pacheco is he brings great energy. Yeah. Well, here we go. The Chiefs have uh, made the Super Bowl kind of against all odds, or at least that's how it feels to me. You know, having watched this team all season uh, and obviously been been writing about them, you know, they looked downright bad at times this year. I mean, it's 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 just been an absolute roller coaster. I I don't really know what to make of it. Clearly, the the Patrick Mahomes myth making is. Uh, you know, gonna reach its gonna reach its apex here if if the Chiefs manage to manage to win this Super Bowl. So, um, as as far as a prediction, we we did a group oh a group project uh, between all the different between all of the different wire sites. I picked the the Chiefs to win not only because I'm a shameless homer, but um, also because I mean I I I think that they have the the quarterback advantage. So. I've got I've got Chiefs twenty eight Niners thirteen, which I feel like is fair. I mean, you know, I you would certainly hope that Patrick Mahomes would would be able to put put on a show, you know, score score some points. I think it's I think it's likely that Pacheco ends up, you know, if you're if you're looking for a kind of sleeper MVP candidate, I think I I think that Pacheco is the guy. You know, he's. Uh, just such a tough runner, you know, and I, I, I think that the Chiefs will kind of look to go conservative, you know, if they get get in the, uh, you know, goal to go from the three type spots. You know, I, I, I think that we've seen some pretty pretty gnarly turnovers over the course of the season, you know, and you, you would just hate to hate hate to see him not play it smart. You know, so I, I, I think that the Chiefs win comfortably. Um, I think it'll be a good game. I mean, I think I think it'll be an exceptionally watchable Super Bowl. You know, I think that it's it's well balanced everywhere except for the quarterback position. And then obviously, you know, Christian McCaffrey is 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 pretty pretty darn special. And I, I, I look forward to seeing him play. I don't watch enough enough Niners football or or Panthers for that matter, you know, in years past, but either way, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. You know, they, they probably have the, the running back advantage, but you know, I think, I think Pacheco will be able to hold his own. Yeah. I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Hope you are too. Thanks for having me on Ed and go chiefs for sure. I want to take the time to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode. Please follow us on X at The Chiefs Wire for your latest updates on news and everything going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Until next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... Uh human remains that are left.
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.